Well, how are we doing? Can you all hear me okay? Uh, So I just have to say, um, and I know you guys don't like me talking about the Warriors a whole lot, (laughs) but they had their last game of the season yesterday and they won. So so that's the end end of the year. They didn't make the finals or anything, but, uh, but yeah, we were celebrating in our house and screaming at the television as they scored their tries. Uh, and, and you know we're um, you know, uh, we're keeping the faith. So. Yeah. Next year, next year's our year. Uh, I think we said that at the beginning of this year, but hey, we've got to give it a try uh, each year. But welcome uh, to Shore Elam Church. If you're visiting with us, a special welcome. Uh, I'm Seth, and I am the lead pastor here. And this is my beautiful wife Debbie, uh, who got up to uh, do communion this morning. And we're so uh, pleased that you've decided to join us this morning. And we know that you're going to have a great time because we've got some awesome people in this church. Amen. Amen. So let me just get rid of that piece of paper. So this morning, uh, I wanted to share uh, out of Luke 6, verse 46 to 49, uh, in a message that I've titled, Being a Wise Builder. Does anyone else here this morning want to be a wise builder? Build wise things into your life, build wise things into your marriage, uh, build wisely into your family, your career. You know, that's something that, that for some in our careers and in the marketplace, God wants to bless us in that place if we would build wisely there. Uh, Build wisely into our ministries, into our relationships, and building wisely into your life in a way that exalts God and gives glory to God. Who wants to build a life like that? Who wants to build a life that just shines and radiates the glory of God? Um, So we're we're reading out of Luke 6, verse 46 to 49, and it's in your notes there if you have them. Uh, It's very fine print. So it's a little small because of the length of the text, but we're going to, you have it up on the screen to read along with if you don't have notes on you. It says, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Just ponder that one verse for a minute. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things I say? So this is Jesus speaking. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently. I'm I'm claiming my Samoan heritage this morning. Vehemently. Vehemently. That's it. Thank you for the help. Vehemently against the house, that house. And it could not shake it. For it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat that word again, and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. You know, in the context of this passage, uh, Jesus is teaching. Uh, his disciples, and he's teaching uh, the people that are gathered there with him. This account in Luke uh, chapter 6 is is held alongside and in parallel with Matthew chapters 5 to 7, which we know as the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Over here in Luke, it's titled the Sermon on the Plain, Uh, not the airplane, as much as I love airplanes, but those kind of planes um, out in 
land. The Sermon on uh, the Land. And so uh, we, see in, we see in Luke's account and in Matthew's account stories and teachings from Jesus about working on the Sabbath, uh, about uh, loving your enemies, uh, judging people, fruitfulness. That's one we always love to read uh, stories about. We read in both Matthew and Luke's accounts uh, of this sermon, uh, the blessed statements or the Beatitudes. And uh, we see also in Luke and in Matthew this account of the wise and the foolish builder. And so this morning I want to pull out of uh, one of our verses, our keys for being a wise builder. Because I hope, like me, we all want to be wise uh, builders this morning. And so let's begin to just unpack uh, the entire passage uh, little by little. Firstly, this morning it's important to understand uh, that Jesus, as much as we get this image of builders building a house, he's not talking about builders building a house. We get that, right? Uh, And in the context of uh, when Jesus is teaching, he's teaching them about the kingdom of God. He's teaching them about uh, grace and mercy, and he's pretty much teaching them why he's come to earth and what he has come to fulfill. And he's doing that to counter the teachings of uh, of some of, the, some of the religious leaders of the law who have kind of tainted, they've tainted the message of God and the law and used it in a prideful way to gain power and prestige for themselves. And so Jesus has come and, and, and he said, you know, this is the way things used to be, but I have come to fulfill this. And on the Sermon on the Mount, he lists all these things, uh, such as the Beatitudes, such as who was blessed, which uh, in the earlier series this year we saw was very different to what society had kind of decided blessed people were. And so uh, Jesus has come to counter that. And and in verses 48 and 49 of our passage this morning, Jesus shows us two kinds of people. Those who build... Strong foundations and those who build foundations that are vulnerable. And Jesus likens them to men who are building a house. And so in this illustration, uh, what I think we we could gather is that everything above the ground, no matter how you've built your foundation, everything above the ground could look similar. The house could look the same. The fittings in it could look the same. One person's life could look the same. If you look in social media, everyone's life looks fabulous. It all looks the same. But what is different is what's laid underneath the house. What's different is the foundation that the house is built on. A difference that is not seen in life, a difference that is not seen uh, even in our own lives until what? Until the rain and the flood comes. A difference that's not seen until the torrent comes. And you know, the flooding streams and the torrents here represent those times in life where things are just stink. Anyone had that in life? The things just aren't cool. 
And so we have this picture of two builders. One who's built on a strong foundation and another who's built on a weak foundation. And again, if you're like me, I want to be the one who's building a foundation that is on rock. Amen? And so Jesus gives us that picture of those two men and of those two kinds of people in verses 48 and 49. In the verse just before that, in verse 47, before Jesus even gives us the picture of these two men, Jesus gives us the very keys to being a wise builder. Who loves it when you just don't even have to ask God for wisdom because he's put it right in the book for us to find? In one verse, he gives us the three keys to being a wise builder. And so, as you're taking notes this morning, from verse 47, 47, Jesus says, whoever comes to me, whoever comes to me. Now, Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30, we read that Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Catch this. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. You know, recently I had a cadence, I think it was. She's got one of these games on her little tablet thingy. Uh, it's, a, it's a flight. Many of you know how much I love flying. So I've, I've, I play these flight simulator games, which the girls often watch me playing. And so they've all got these flight simulator games uh, on their tablet, which uh, they, they try to play and uh, struggle with so often. And she got stuck on this one level. She couldn't get past it, and she tried, and she tried, and she tried, and she's in the car while Debbie's driving, and Debbie's driving a little bit. <laughs> the road, it's the road, yeah, that's the story we get all the time. Um, and, and so, you know, she's getting really frustrated because while she's sitting in the car, her plane's kind of going all over the place, and she can't, she can't complete her mission or finish landing it. And, uh, and so she comes to me, and she asks me, oh, you know, she asks me, oh, Dad, can you help me get past this round? And so I know that that means that she wants me to do it for her. So I said, sure, honey, I'll help you get past this round. And you know, since then, she's been able to continue on with that game with no problem. She's been able to continue going and continue playing uh, on her own. And you know, when, when my girls come to me with a need... When they're struggling with something or something's not going quite right and they come to me with a need, they, they expect me to have a solution for them. Has any parents experienced that before? And, and you know, we don't always have the solution, but they expect that you're going to solve the problem for them. And when they want something, oh, when they want something, they don't stop coming. 
It's like, it's like, you know, they don't stop coming until you say no. And then sometimes then they still come. But you know, I know that even when I say no, and, and when Debbie and I say no, it's in their best interest. Or it's in the best interest of the family. You know, I believe God wants us to keep coming like that. I believe Jesus wants us to come to him like that, expecting him to move in our lives. Expecting him to go, yes. All the while understanding sometimes he's going to say no. I believe he wants us to come to him and trusting, trust him for what we need. And also, here's one to remember, to trust him for what we don't need. Come to Jesus in prayer and thanksgiving. Come to Jesus in praise and worship. Come to him in sacrifice and obedience. And just keep coming. You know, here in Matthew, he says, come to me, those who are weary. Come to me, those who are tired, those who are worn out. Come to me, those who are exhausted, frustrated, those who are carry heavy, carrying heavy burdens. And he says, and I will give you a rest. So keep coming to him, always, and let him work in you and work for you in his perfect timing. Amen. You know, we were at a, we were at a pastor's prayer meeting with uh, Pastor Tuck Barner recently. And uh, he, made, he made this statement. I think Debbie posted it. He said, when you come to Jesus in prayer, it is the difference between Jesus and God fighting for you and you trying to fight for yourself. Now, who do you think is going to be the better fighter on your behalf? Come to me. Now, second key this morning from verse 47. Jesus says, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings. I love that. Right off the bat, it implies that when we come to Jesus, when we seek him out, that he's going to speak. Do you catch that? He says, whoever comes to me and hears my saying. If you don't know what to expect from Jesus when you go to him, how about we expect him just to speak? We expect him just to bring revelation for our life and for our circumstance. Come to me, hear my sayings. The NIV says, hear my words. The NLT says, listens to my teachings. The teachings that Jesus gives you through the Spirit, the teaching that Jesus gives when you come to him and you're listening to God. You know, the words of Jesus are timeless and life-changing, amen? The words of Jesus are timeless and life-changing. And so whenever we read them, we should read them in that light. They are timeless and life-changing. 
When Jesus spoke, lives were transformed and the directions of people's lives were altered. In Scripture, when Jesus spoke, lives were transformed and the direction of their lives were altered. If you're walking through life and you want an altering direction or you want God to lead you in a new direction, come to Jesus and hear what he's saying. Alters people's direction. And whether you're a believer or whether you've been uh, new to the faith, uh, the Word of God can always speak new truths into your life through His Spirit and through His Word. But this morning, I want to have a glimpse at what uh, Jesus says and teaches, a couple of things that Jesus says and teaches in His Word, that even when things are rough, we can hold on to and trust God in. Matthew 6, verse 33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Will we hear that and listen this morning? Matthew 5, verse 16 says, Let your light shine before others, that they may see the good deeds and glorify your Father. Mark 10, verse 44 and 45 says, And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. Ouch. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. John 16, verse 33. I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. And in this world you will have, and in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And so here's the key word that I believe we need to hear this morning from John 16, verse 33. One day, Jesus will return. And for all the trouble that you've had in this life, for all the struggle, for all the pain, for all the heartache that we've experienced in this world, we can take heart that as we build a strong foundation in Jesus, the rock of our salvation, there is great rejoicing for us when he returns. Amen? That should just fill us with joy. There is great rejoicing for us when he returns. Because Jesus has overcome this world. And what that means is that through him, in him, and with him, we can do all things and overcome all things. Amen. Can say hallelujah to that this morning. And then finally, this morning from verse 47, Jesus says, Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, comes to me, comes to Jesus, hears what he's saying. And does it. Again, in the NIV, it puts it this way. And puts them into practice. Here's his saying and puts them into practice. Here's his saying and the NLT says, follows it. Follows his teaching. 
They are the ones building strong foundations in their life. You know, the inclusion of this last part is so important. Knowledge, teaching, any prophetic words, anything we hear from God, it's only useful if it's applied to life. It's only useful if we do something with it. You know, when God brings uh, revelation, when God brings direction and instructions for our life, it's the application of what God has brought which brings your fruit. It's the application of what is asking you to do which brings you fruit. Is God asking you to change something in your life? Is God asking you to deal with the sin in your life? Is God asking you to reconcile a relationship in your life? It's the application of what God's asking us to do that's going to bring the fruit. And not only is it going to bring the fruit, but it's going to build a bigger foundation for what God has for you next. You know, the suggestion here in verse 47 is that the mere hearing from God, hearing God's word, isn't enough to provide a secure, strong foundation. We also need to be doers of what God is asking, doers of his word. And I want to suggest this morning, and I, I, I think that it's about submitting to God in obedience and trusting God and trusting the truths of God's word more than we trust anything else in this world. And so as we end, uh, we're going to head back to the start of our passage. Verse 46. Luke 6, verse 46. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? You know, in this verse, Jesus is pointing out the fact that those who are with him, those who are calling him Lord, Lord, uh, as a title of respect, as a title of acknowledging submission to him, pointing out their hypocrisy. That they've committed to follow him and to serve him as Lord. They've committed to his teachings to be Christ-like. Yet they won't do what he is teaching them to do. this reinforces the importance for us of what, of doing what the Lord says. Jesus is speaking into real life stuff. He's speaking into the reality of life. It's not a case of 
if the floods come. It's a case of when they come. And the challenge for us is how will we stand when the winds come, when the waters come? What foundation is our house built on? Do we just look good on the surface when everything underneath is crumbling? So this morning we have three keys from Jesus' teaching that we can apply to our lives, which I believe will help us to build a stronger and stronger foundation as we walk into the promises that he's made for us. Amen. Come to Jesus. Hear his word. Do it.